2: Good day podcast.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I am overjoyed and excited and every other good adjective in the world about today's episode because I'm joined once again by the amazing Perry Goldstein, the one and only Alex Strofe You can follow her at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow him at Alex underscore Stroph. They both love the underscore, love the underscore. Friends, how the heck are you doing? Doing Fantastic. great. Fantastic. Loving the
2: underscore per usual. By the way, I I just noticed this. It it looks like I'm not wearing a shirt under this. I promise I am. I'm not showing that much skin, but uh, for all of you watching on on the video version. But anyway. (laughs) Let
3: it fly,
1: Alex. Let it fly.
2: Let that that gross chest hair fly. Absolutely.
0: We're off to a a rousing start. This is beyond (laughs) amazing. We've got Alex chest hair talk within the first 50 seconds. What more do people want? Uh, (laughs) For those of you joining us today, obviously, what we're going to be doing, we've done this once before, at least once before, but we have prepared. A series of questions. So it's sort of like a and A, but we uh, are the ones that are going to be asking each other the questions. But we are doing this without any lifelines, without knowing the questions ahead of time. So this is going to be off the cuff. We have not prepared for this because we're not the type of people that prepare for these sort of things. So I've prepared five questions. and now I'm contra- you know contradicting myself, but uh, I've got five questions prepared. Alex has five questions prepared. Perry has five questions. We'll see how many we get to, um, and some of them might get stolen from one another, but. Uh, We'll go through, we'll ask each other questions and see off the cuff what the answers are. Perry and Alex, are you freaking ready?
1: I am freaking ready.
0: I am freaking ready, Andy. Let's freaking do it then. All right, (laughs) Alex, I will cede the floor to you. We will let you kick things off today uh, because you're the one that's got the chest hair flowing out. So Alex, you can have the first question.
2: Deal. uh let me ask this, though. Since we've got a little uh, 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 APA baseball game going on right now, Perry's Mets playing our Brewers, Andy. Do you guys want a fastball or you want a softball to lead things off?
0: I want a fastball. I want a fastball right away. Always right, here
2: a fastball. We go. Has Brian Gutekunst's tenure as the Packers' general manager been a success? <laughs> oh,
0: yes. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Andy, why don't you take this
0: one? All right. I have to say yes at this point. And ultimately, Brian Gutekind's tenure as GM, I think, will be judged a lot on Jordan Love. And ultimately, your tenure as GM is successful if you win a Super Bowl. Like, that's the the bar. Ron Wolf won a Super Bowl. That's a, <laughs> a successful job well done. Ted Thompson won a Super Bowl. Mike Sherman did not. And a lot of others, you know, in the seventies and eighties did not either. Those were unsuccessful. So I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to be dependent upon what happens with Jordan Love. And if this team can ultimately win a Super Bowl or not. However, what I will say is based on the team that he took over and he had some really fantastic players from Ted that he was able to take over Aaron Rodgers, He got Kenny Clark. He got, you know, just uh, David Bakhtiari. There's a laundry list of super talented players that he was able to take over from his time as GM. And Ted left him with basically all the salary cap space, no dead future money and, you know, future salary cap. So Brian got to take over and had, I think, what, a top 15 draft pick right away that they traded back, traded back up to get Jair Alexander, and then a ton of salary cap space. And really sort of the world is his oyster and some really good talent on the roster. But you're talking about a team that had not been playing really good football, not been playing sound football. Some of the, you know, the Zedaria Smith one was a really interesting signing where it was like the greatest signing in the world. The first year, a really good signing the second year and then not so great the rest of it. But that overall group of Amos and Preston and Billy Turner and Zedaria Smith, turned out about as well as you could possibly expect for a group of four high-priced free agents. He's drafted, I think, some home-run players and Jair Alexander, Rashawn, Gary, et cetera. So to go from a team that had really been struggling to also be a part of the group that searched and found Matt LaFleur, I think is a successful uh, piece of that as well. I think I w- I'm giving him a passing grade as of this point, but we're about to find out a ton about Brian Gutekunst and this franchise overall now that Aaron's gone, Jordan's his quarterback, and now what happens from here on out? Great answer. I'm
1: not really sure how I'm supposed to follow that up. Uh, Next time, go first. I would say (laughs) I'll take a a different spin on it because I think we are very close to the situation, and I think a lot of the listeners of this show are very close to the situation. So if you look at it objectively, right – you could say he was given a hall of fame quarterback and he wasn't able to win another ring with him. Therefore it's not a success. I just think that that's really just like unnuanced and doesn't take into account all the other things that Brian Gutekunst has done ever since he's taken over. I mean, Andy has hit on it. He's had some pretty home run drafted players. He also took over a team where the last few drafts were not that great. So he didn't have a ton of young talent, Um, And he's kept this team absolutely 100% competitive and in the conversation ever since. He also hired the next head coach of this team, who seems to be someone who is probably going to stick around for a long time. And that can't be understated either. Now, I just think when we look at this in hindsight, it's going to hinge upon Jordan Love or not. And Andy already said that. But like that was and you knew it at the time, right? Ryan takes his guy in 2020 in the first round and you think, okay, that's your legacy right there. So it's TBD, but I think so far just looking at how competitive this team has been, like they've been going for a Super Bowl every single year since he's taken over to me so far, he's been successful because objectively if you look at a bunch of other GMs and you look at his situation, like names taken out of it, you would say, yeah, of course this GM is doing a good job. Look at them. They've made it to four NFC championship games.
0: Yeah, I would go, I would go as far as to say as well. I think if the Packers fired Brian Goodkins today, I think the next round of GM openings, I think he gets a job fairly immediately a hundred percent.
1: And I also think if he got fired, it would be a bad decision.
0: Agreed. As it stands
2: right now. Absolutely. Now, now, a couple of reasons real quick on why I wanted to ask that is is, number one, it's obviously not as black and white as I asked it, as I presented it, right. It's probably the truth is is somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. but also, I'm curious, you know, a year or two into this Jordan Love uh, period that we're about to enter, which, of course, as you're right, a lot of his legacy, ma- that, that matters to it. I'm curious how we interpret Brian Gutekunst two years from now, right? I mean, because yeah. if Love rocks, we're going to think Goody's, you know, the greatest thing since, since Ted, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to be viewed as, viewed as genius, a guy that he traded up for. Right. So I'm I just I, I don't know how, how we interpret him right now. He's probably if we look at it league wide of the 32 he's probably somewhere in the middle. Right. 14, 15, 16. Um, so it, it is fascinating. And I'm, I'm excited to see how we interpret him a year from now when we record this episode next summer.
0: I think it's gonna be really fun to keep an eye on Perry. I will see the floor to you for question number two.
1: Okay, I have no uh, questions like this. Mine are all <laughs> fun and fluffy. Dude, um, but mine are too. <laughs> <laughs> who is your guy's like dark horse breakout star of the season? If you had to put put a name on it,
0: I have one. Uh, go ahead, uh, All right, I and I, I actually had a similar question, and this is going to be my answer to my similar question. Um, I'm going to go with TJ Slayton. And I am really, really excited for TJ Slayton. I think I went back and I've been starting to rewatch some of last year. People forget this is like a six, 330 pound defensive tackle who can freaking move. Like this is a rare athlete for his size, who has the ability to clog up the middle can also penetrate, get a little bit in the backfield, make some stops at the line of scrimmage, make everything easier for Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. I think there's a good chance that when you're in that nickel defense, I know everyone wants to see Devontae White. I want to see Devontae White. Absolutely. But on those early downs, those rundowns, you've got Kenny Clark and TJ Slayton beefing up that front. And if they can keep Campbell and Walker clean, I think that's going to be huge for Quay Walker and his success to be able to just quickly read and react and just go up and make explosive plays with all of his athletic ability. I think if those two can do the yeoman's work up front, it's going to set up Lucas Van Ness, Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, all that have really good seasons. This this team has gone uh, on defense very much how Kenny Clark has gone. If he's played great, this defense is usually playing pretty darn well. Kenny has an off day. This defense usually struggles quite a bit because that all of a sudden they're getting the five yards per carry and the linebackers aren't kept clean. You're not getting pressure up the middle. And all of a sudden you're just sort of left in no man's land. I think TJ Slayton has the ability to be not only a serviceable rotational player, a la Dean Lowry and and Jerron Reed and you know, those type of players. I think he can bring something much more to the table and I'm really excited for a a breakout, I guess, what third season now for TJ Slayton, but he's, he's a very fun player that I'm going to be keeping my eye on. I love that pick
2: and the word that comes to mind. So I'm stuck on two words actually that, that you threw into that question, which was dark horse, right? Because I feel like, Half the team is a dark horse, given that there's so much unknown. But the word I'm getting hung up on is opportunity, right? Who's going to have the opportunity to be a breakout candidate? So I'm, I'm going to give you a, a quick offense and a quick defense one. Offensively, I've brought this name up every time we've recorded since the Packers drafted him, and that's Jaden Reed, uh, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. I just think there's so much opportunity in that wide receiver room. We've, we've acknowledged my Big Ten bias in the past. Uh, this falls right into it. I just think he, he he brings a fun dynamic to the offense and in the slot. And again, that's a room with just a ton of opportunity. Um, one that uh, just comes to mind, given that Rashawn Gary likely won't be healthy, for the start of the season is actually Kingsley and Igbari, JJ and Igbari, which is a guy I I loved last year. I, you know, with with some of the opportunity he had a year ago, I thought he made the most of it. I like him on the outside. He's quick for being as big as he is. Um, And I just love that name. Kingsley and Igbari. That's my reasoning
1: there, Perry. And you got excited when I said that. He was on my list. I had a few. Um, Quay is probably number one, again, opportunity. He's going to be a starter. I think if he comes back and he's grown up a little bit from his antics last season, he can be like a really stellar, stellar player, just like all the athleticism. And like you said, opportunity. Um, I keep saying Josiah DeGuara, and I don't mean that as a breakout star. I don't think he's about to be like tight end (laughs) one, but I think he's going to be like dark horse, like very important for this offense. Um, Just when it comes to like knowing the playbook run blocking being close to Jordan Love, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, both of those names came to mind. Now, the thing with Quay Walker is I didn't think he was dark horsey enough. Uh, thus, the this <laughs> on that word. And then Josiah Daguara, I just have no idea how the hell that room's going to shake out, right? Like you put so much investment this past draft into that room, obviously drafting both those guys in Kraft and Musgrave. I I, I just don't know what that room's going to look like. And obviously, he, he brings the the fullback H back potential. Aguara does, but. I just I don't know what it's gonna look like so I I, I steered away from it but I, I like I both
1: he's those like carved out a role right and now he has the relationship with the quarterback and totally. you know that he has the excitement of the head coach and I just think there's gonna be like I said I don't see him as this like breakout star he's not about to become the next Travis Kelsey but I think <laughs> like when it comes to this team and the role that he's gonna play in this offense I think it's gonna be like very quietly incredibly important
2: it's crazy our opinion on Deguara has changed over the course of the last few years right because when when we, when we knew how juiced up Matt LaFleur was on him and when they drafted him, I think maybe we thought we had the next Travis Kelsey, right? And I know that's I, obviously- That I, was I, never I, his role though. No, I know. I'm being facetious to a point, but like we were all so excited about him. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and obviously the early knee injury didn't help, but I I, I love Guara. I'm still on the Guara train.
0: I'm going to be really interested to see what type of, like you said, the roles that these tight ends play. I think they're going to be very uh, sporadically interchanged with, depending on the play call and what they're trying to get out of a specific play. And I I love that you have four different flavors of tight ends. Like there's not one of these tight ends that has really almost anything in common with the other. And your closest is probably Tucker craft and Tyler Davis to one another. As just kind of your overall sort of well-rounded tight end, but they're all very, very different in my opinion. I think that's going to give Matt LaFleur and this offense a lot of different options. So we're, it's going to be interesting to see just how they're used. All right. I get to ask my first question enough about you guys. Um, uh, So obviously you've known over the years, my affliction for Tim Boyle and obviously (laughs) Tim was uh, one of my favorite Packers. And also uh, how would I want to say this politely? Like, a, a Packer that wasn't obviously going to make an impact on the actual team, right? Like, so an under the radar player, who was a fun story, you had the Tim Boyle laser show, et cetera, but inconsequential is I guess how I'll say it. Like it was mostly an inconsequential, uh, you know, love for, for Tim Boyle. It wasn't really going to affect the team all that much. So with that in mind, who is your Tim Boyle on this Packers roster, a player that maybe is on the bottom of the roster that maybe is going to get 100 snaps at most this season. Maybe they don't even end up making the team. But right now you look at the roster and it's just your freaking guy and you love him to death no matter what. And you're just rooting and hoping that they make the team. I have one, but Perry's grinning ear to ear. No,
1: I think you should go. I'm laughing because I can't
0: think of someone. I think I know yours, Perry, but you go first, Alex. And I think yes. I know yours, man.
2: This is a guy I talked about last year when when we were, uh, I think we did an episode talking about the cut down to 53 and he was a borderline roster guy. He ended up spending some time in the practice squad. Again, it goes back to my big 10 bias and a guy Aaron Jones has been gushing about this offseason. That's Tyler Goodson. Um, I know that I know the Packers drafted uh, Lou Nichols out of central Michigan in the seventh round this year. So that might make it a little dicey, but you never know. Right. I think Goodson has a shot to make the roster this year. I, I just loved him in college. I think he, is obviously you know he's got a year in the books now at the uh, at the pro level and learning this offense if Aaron Jones is gushing about you I feel like that you know it's almost like that that Aaron Rodgers praise although that didn't always work out for guys uh, but sometimes it did and I think this might be the new Aaron Rodgers the other Aaron on the offense is gushing about you I think you've got it he kind of reminds me of Aaron Jones obviously he's not a top 5 NFL running back but He's got a similar play style. I like Tyler Goodson. Andy, you could probably tell me more about how he looked at offseason programs. But overall, that's, that's a guy I've just loved since the Packers picked him up last year.
0: Here's the thing I'll tell you about Tyler Goodson. He was my answer as well, uh, like oh. Like I absolutely love Tyler Goodson as well, and I'm super excited about him. Hope he can make his way onto the roster. I just love the way the dude practices. Practices hard every, like one of the hardest working guys in practice every single time. Um, I'm really hoping he can find a way onto the team in some capacity. So that was my answer as well. That's what I'll tell you there. Perry, did you figure out one?
1: All of them are defensive backs. So, so, so
0: far, really, so far,
1: really, Perry. Um, Okay. I kind of like found myself rooting really hard for Rudy Ford last year. I know he's like, not like, who is he on this team? I mean, safety can be, he could be the starting safety this season. Who who knows? He also could get cut. Like who knows? But I just found it like really easy to root for him and the way the guys kind of rally around him in the locker room. And like, he had some pretty impactful plays last year to be fair. But the other one I had in mind was Jonathan Owens. And that was simply because I love Simone Biles. (laughs) I thought you
0: were going to go Ennis Gaines, so I was a little bit I had
1: Ennis. He's just a camp darling. I love
0: Ennis. That's what I mean. That's exactly the right kind of player. But all right, uh, Alex, back to you for your next question.
2: Well, you brought up Tim Boyle, so it has me thinking about the quarterback room. Um, And and this is just something I want to hash out for a second. So, like, what if, if, God forbid, Jordan Love has an injury that puts him out for four weeks, right? So he'll start 13 of the 17 games, but four of them, there's no Jordan Love. Are we just throwing Sean Clifford to the Wolves? I mean, I I don't I don't understand the, the lack of veteran quarterback presence. And maybe I mean I understand they probably want Jordan Love to be that guy, right? Be the vet, be the leader. I get that. But I just don't see Danny Etling or Sean Clifford playing well in an NFL game. So like that's that's you brought up Tim Boyle and that, that had my head spinning. So I'm curious what what do we just throw Sean Clifford to the Wolves and, and call it a day, Perry?
1: No, no. If Jordan Love gets legitimately injured, you're pulling a Baker Mayfield and bringing him in and having him not actually Baker Mayfield, but what the Rams did with him, where they pull him sure. in and he has to study the playbook on the plane and he starts that week. Like I do not see the Packers starting a Sean Clifford or a Danny Ettling in a meaningful game. Now, I'm gonna now like play devil's advocate to my own argument. I'd like to say, maybe they're like, hey, this dude's gonna be out for a month maybe they're not even playing that well already. Who cares? Just throw Sean Clifford out there. We start losing. We get a good draft pick. This season doesn't really matter anymore. Like there's also that route, but I think if they are in legitimate contention for something for anything, and it's maybe like only a two week thing that Jordan loves coming back for, and they want to stay in it, they're just going to end up bringing in like the best uh, veteran free agent quarterback.
0: So what I would say, Alex, is your scenario potentially is one of the only ones where this matters. And where it would matter is if let's just say this team starts out well and they're, I don't know, six and two, six and three, something like that. Let's say they're six and three and then Love goes out for four games. Like that would be like if they're actually competitive and Love goes out for like literally like four games somewhere around there and you want to try to get through to a two and two record through that time to stay competitive and stay in the hunt. That's the only situation where this kind of really matters. As Perry mentioned a, if, if you're really, really bad, then just stay really, really bad. You're better off just being bad and, and picking the, the top pick anyway, yeah. and just getting Sean Clifford, the experience and say, like, does, does all of a sudden you pull up Brock Purdy or something and you found something that you didn't know you had in the first place. So just give them the reps. Um, if you're like, on the flip side, if you're like 10 and 0 and you miss four games, I don't know, it doesn't really matter that you go 10 and 4 or like, you know, whatever. You're, you're going to be fine. You're still going to be competitive. So it's, it's like only in that one scenario. If he goes out for the year or something like that, then it doesn't matter either. And the other thing is, I think the old Indianapolis Colts saying of like when they didn't have a you know, backup option for Peyton Manning is if Peyton Manning went down, they were screwed. And you don't practice screwed. Like, so it doesn't matter that if you, if like, what are they, what Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, like, put your guy in there, like, you're still going to go one and three in a four game stretch at best, anyway. It, like, it doesn't matter at this point. So I would rather get Sean Clifford the reps. I've actually been fairly pleasantly surprised with Sean Clifford so far. And if I had to choose right now between one of the random vet guys out there that's going to limp around and look like they're 90 years old, like a Matt Ryan or a Joe Flacco, or like a young, kind of fun, Mobile Sean Clifford, give me Sean Clifford at this point for those four games. So I don't, I just, don't, I don't think it ultimately ends up mattering that much.
1: And let's hope it doesn't come to that.
2: I said, oh. God
0: forbid, right? Like I'm, I'm not rooting for that. By any <laughs> unless, any. unless the one thing I will also say, there's a good chance Tim Boyle doesn't make the team for the New York Jets. Claim <laughs> him off of waivers, and then you're good to go anyway. Let's afford like it four, right there in that four-game stretch, four-zero oh <laughs> in that four-game stretch. So.
2: Assistant General Manager Andy Herman.
0: There you go. All right, Perry, you're up. Okay. You're Matt LaFleur,
1: right? You're going into the season. Everything's new. You have your playbook, but you have a new quarterback. You have all these young weapons. They're all like sub 25. You're so excited. What is the play that you want to run that you couldn't run with Aaron Rodgers?
0: Hey everybody, here on the Packet Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: Well, first of all, if I'm Matt LaFleur, the last thing I'm worried about is football because I am way better looking now and like <laughs> You stole the joke. You stole my joke. <laughs> Amazing. Your
1: eyebrows are fully groomed. I'm, no, yeah, but I mean pretty okay, pretty I posed yeah. it in a funny way, but my question is really like
0: no, I know what you mean. Jordan
1: Love is a different player than Rogers. Obviously, I'm not saying he's better. He's just different for the trolls oh. out there you can call different things with this guy. So like, if you're Matt LaFleur, like what are you excited to kind of lean on in this offense? Because he was asked the question like, Oh, are you excited to like finally do your true no, offense? And he's like, be I've right? been doing my true offense. Right. So I don't mean that. I mean, like he can now call maybe yeah. some different things for Jordan love. I have my answer in my head, but I'm curious what you guys have to say.
0: He, he lied by the way. He, he's very much lying on that. Oh, answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, I mean the the middle of the field stuff's the easy low hanging fruit, right? But I will say I just I think Matt wants to run a lot more stuff under center. I don't think Aaron liked being under the center all that much and he did it from time to time. Do I think appease Matt and run some stuff, but like, there's, there's like a handful of plays that Aaron would like to run under center. And for the most part, he wanted to run out of shotgun. He always liked seeing the play in front of him, and specifically like he didn't like turning his back to the ball. So, you know, if he wanted to do play action, he wanted to do it in gun so he could keep his eyes up down the field and see what was going to happen rather than having to turn his back and not, you know, and lose sight of what was going on down the field. So I think Jordan's going to be much, much more comfortable Playing under center, using play action. We're seeing play action numbers just go through the uh, you know through the roof through the league because you know it's just such an effective technique right now. So um I think we're gonna see a lot more play action than obviously, like I said, the low-hanging fruit of just hitting more stuff in the middle of the field.
2: Yeah, Andy's gonna give you a lot better of an answer than I will, Perry. So I'll keep it short. I just want AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field a lot more together, right? Like I, I don't think we saw a ton of that last year. I think they're still the best one-two punch, backfield one-two punch in the National Football League. I just want them both on the field because I think you should always have your best 11 on the field. How's that for an answer?
1: That's fair. fair. My answer is I think your RPOs actually become Mm. RPOs. And I think Jordan will be a lot more willing to take the run option, like you said, Alex, with two incredible backs. And I also think you have a quarterback now who is mobile. Not that Aaron Rodgers wasn't mobile, but not in the way that like mobile quarterbacks are mobile right now. And I think you have like, I don't know what kind of weapon Jordan Love is with his legs. I don't think we're really going to know until he actually starts playing in game time, but we've seen it a little bit. And I just think you have a little bit of that kind of dimension with him now.
0: Jordan Love's mobility reminds me almost identically of early Aaron Rodgers mobility. Yeah. Yeah. Like almost, it's not, it's not like I a- I don't
1: mean scrambling though, by the yeah. way. I mean, like he can, like he will take off and run, which I yeah. don't know yeah. is something that Aaron really did. But also that wasn't a thing when Aaron was young to have quarterbacks run as much as they do now.
0: True, very true. All right. Um, all right, my question. All right, I'm gonna go with this one. You're starting a brand new NFL franchise <laughs> and you can take one Green Bay Packer with you. Taking into consideration age and contract, which Green Bay Packer are you taking to start <laughs> your new franchise?
1: Go
2: ahead, Perry. I know your answer. <laughs> oh,
1: so easy. Try your Alexander, obviously. <laughs> He's like one of the best corners in the NFL. He's still super young. You've got your deal locked up for years. He's got the energy, locker room presence, leader, all of it done all day, every day.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the correct answer. Um, but I, I'll, I'll go a different route. I, I think a guy that I've probably been more hard on than everybody else on this podcast is Christian Watson. So I'll, I'll go that direction. Um, I've said before, and, I, and Perry, I know you and I argued about this a couple months back. Was you know I, I said I don't really view him as a number one in, in terms of like if you rank the top thirty-two receivers in the NFL, I don't view him in, in that group yet. And I think he can get there. Uh, but what he showed us over this that span of five five weeks last year, where he scored seven touchdowns or whatever it was. I, he showed flashes, and now he has the opportunity to be the guy. I'm excited about him. I don't want to act like I'm not excited about him. Uh, so I'll go Christian Watson. I
0: mean, Jair's the answer,
1: but I'll, I'll go Christian Watson. here. There is another pretty obvious answer. I'm curious what Andy's is, but I have and another Actually, one on I
0: want you to say yours. First. I, my, 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 right, written down on my sheet, are there's two obvious answers, Christian Watson and Jair Alexander. I thought those were the two clear really? answers. Just because – Jair is still as you mentioned young enough he's a top corner in the league the contract's not like insanely exorbitant like no no team would turn down you know Jair like for free right like if they could have Jair on their roster with the current contract at his age every single team would take it Christian Watson rookie deal super super cheap still super young just in the second year of the deal three years left controllable like upside is huge and he was playing the only one, the, the one I'm assuming that you're going for is Rashawn Gary. Um, and the only thing that would hold me back there is right now, he only has one year left on his deal. It's 10 million. He's coming off a torn ACL. Um, we're not sure exactly when he's going to come back. We don't know what he's going to look like exactly coming off that torn ACL. That's the only other one that you have to at least, I think, put in the conversation. Um, but it just those things would just give me a, a slight more pause. or at least would give me the, the inkling to go with Watson or, or Jair ahead of him at this point.
1: Rashawn was was my other obvious one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, simply because talent and age can kind of weigh out the rest of it. Right. Like you, I think any team, if Rashawn Gary was a free agent, even right now, they'd be like, yeah, sign me up. Even with the torn ACL. Cause we've seen what guys can come back and look like after an injury like that. And you know, just like an athletic freak, like him. I, I, I fully like trust that he's going to be fine. And he's, he's going to come back like Rashawn. Um, but I get why he would be number three.
0: I think there's the only other one that I think you could maybe make a slight argument for would be Jordan love, just because you still have a young quarterback that at least is a lottery ticket. Like you, you don't know, but like you're willing to, it's not an exorbitant contract. The only thing that held me back there too, was like, you have two years left and you're actually paying a decent amount this year and next year for a quarterback that you don't know what you have. But like if you're in if you're a new franchise, you're probably not going to have the, the resources. To, like there's not going to be a quarterback that you can just sign off the street to, to help you out. So that's the only other one that I think you could maybe make an argument for. But all right, will each do one more question. Alex, you've got your final question. What you got?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Jaden Reed earlier who, who really excites me at the wide receiver position. So I'm curious between you two, which rookie excites you most for the 2023 season, but it can't be a tight end.
1: It can't be a tight end. That's dumb.
2: Uh, well, it's, it's my
0: question, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go. I mean, that's lame, but I'm, I'm like, even if, even if you gave me the tight ends, I would have said Lucas Van Ness. Yeah. And I think, we get so excited about the the weapons on offense. Understandably so, I am geeking out about Luke Musgrave. Uh, like understandably so. The more and more I've thought about what I saw at rookie minicamps, OTAs, minicamps, et cetera, the steadiness of Lucas Vaness, his ability to hold up at the point of attack against the run, his ability to move inside and hold up, his ability to play on the outside, his freak athleticism, his burst off the line of scrimmage everything has been as advertised if not better and i'm almost more bullish on the fact that he looks more well rounded than i expected this player that was not a starter at you know in college and those sort of things he's a very very good football player he's going to make a big impact i think in year 1 already if I had to go somebody that wasn't as quite low hanging fruit Carrington Valentine, he's sticking out in my head too, for some of the plays that he made uh, in OTAs and mini camp as well. So those would be the ones that I'm kind of geeking out about. I, I said in 2023,
1: right. I just want to make sure I said that because obviously long-term it's LVN. Okay, good. Just making sure. Uh, I mean, LVN my answer too. I think it's like, it's maybe the easy choice, but how can you not get excited about the potential, you know, and I have to say, it's early for last season, right? We still haven't seen a lot of Devontae White, but Gute has done a very, very, very good job in the first round, especially with his defensive picks. I mean, we literally just talked about how two of them are like our choice to bring with us to a new franchise. So I have there's like a lot of expectations, I think, also with just the track record. Obviously, I'm not at camp like Andy, so I don't have any, like, actual things to say. But I I think he's also coming in a position where he's going to be used right off the bat, right? So you're going to be seeing him on the field, like, quite a bit, at least until Rashawn comes back. So Impact is going to be there. What's his nickname, Man, Hercules? Is that
0: right? Hercules. That's yeah. absurd. He is looks that?
1: like, when you see right? him lined up, oh, my God. He's yeah. <laughs> a big boy.
0: Yeah, he's he's incredibly sculpted. It's pretty freaking crazy. All right, Perry. Last question for you.
1: Okay, um, you, do you can have a positive
0: give... one actually? Do I have a positive? Have, like a one? fun one? Yeah, I'm about to right, give I'm gonna, it like, to save you. yours for last thing because I only have negative ones left. Oh, so great. I'm going to do mine, awesome. and then we'll end on a good note with yours.
1: Mine, wa- mine is going to make you laugh, Andy. If you recognize
0: we'll it, we'll leave that one for the end. Then all right, I'll go with this one. Um, if I told you that there was a shocking cut for the Packers before the end of training camp or like at the roster cutdowns or whatever, who would be your choice? That would be like, Oh my God, I cannot believe they cut that player, but also kind of be like at least within the super small realm of possibility.
1: It has, so it has to be realistic.
0: Well, I mean, so like, obviously they're not going to cut Jordan love. Like they're not like that would be the most (laughs) shocking, but like, what's a semi, at least semi-realistic might even be pushing the boundaries, but a semi-realistic, Shocking cut that you would that would happen maybe before the huh. end. Of-
1: Follow up question: Trade doesn't count.
0: Trade doesn't count. It would have to be a release. Be cut. Yep. So the Josh Sitton. All right. This like if there was a Josh Sitton release, one of those cuts that happened at the end of training camp that just were like, holy crap, nobody saw that coming. Who would be that guy this year?
1: I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is not one that actually I think like it's been talked about, which is why I think it's coming to mind. But like the only thing that would shock me is probably Gabe Bakhtiari. I think that's the only one that comes to mind. I mean, we've all discussed like where he's at and cap and et cetera. I do not think they do it by any means like. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't even want to put this into existence.
2: No, I, I'm with you, Perry. So I'm going to stop you right there. But uh, <laughs> Andy, I, I guess I'm curious who you had in mind when you wrote this question because I'm with Perry. I, I, that that was the only name that came to mind when you initially asked this. Now, like if you want an answer, but I don't think either of these happen, is like Josh Myers or Darnell Savage or somebody that's been starting that that hasn't you know been been tip top shape. But I, I guess I'm curious who you had in mind when you wrote this.
0: I will say, I, I think this is a, a difficult one because a lot of the players that, you know, could potentially be released like as like a high salary cap number are like veterans that you don't actually save money this upcoming season because of the way that they've restructured contracts. So like to have that. Josh Sitton-esque savings just isn't really there. A lot of other, like Bakhtiari, even if they wanted to move on, I think the belief would be that they could get something in return for him via trade, so that's sure. a tough one as well. The only one that kind of came to mind for me, and I think this is another player that would have trade value, so it would be very difficult. I think he'd have to perform poorly in training camp and preseason to the point that like his his trade value just wasn't there. The only player that comes to mind would be Yash Naiman. Let's say Bakhtiari is obviously your left tackle. Zach Tom wins the right tackle spot. Yash is one of the only players on the roster that you actually save a pretty decent chunk of money on by releasing him. He's set to make $4.3 million this season. And if they release him, they save all of that money. There is nothing that they would have to pay. There's no signing bonus there, no nothing. So it is a pure $4.3 million in savings. And he is one of the only players on the roster that has anything like that. As I mentioned earlier, I think there's trade value there, so the actual art of releasing him, what I think would be a, a really tough pill to swallow, I think he also presents, if not a starter, probably your top backup, but if Green Bay, like I said, if, if he was awful in preseason and training camp, if they determined that Zach Tom was the starter, felt really good about your Caleb Joneses, your Luke Tenudas, your Rashid Walkers, you save $4.3 million if you just don't find a taker for him? I don't know. That, that would be one that shocking still shocking but maybe within the small realm of possibility
2: your brain is so weird dude like (laughs) how did did we get to how did we get here that's fascinating that's really well done by you I just like here's how you know I'm such like an average fan I know nothing about contracts like I know a little bit right like I understand love's deal and I understand how much Bakhtiari is making but that I would have never known Your, your brain is fascinating to me well done
1: it's called doing this full time, Alex. Yeah, right.
2: Well, I kind <laughs> of I do, but I'm I, I, yeah. Too. I guess I
0: make. I it think perfect. Alex is right mostly. Yeah. It's it's a weirdly weird, you know, wired brain. But the, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think anything is going to happen like that. But I think if you said that there was a Josh Sitton ask release, that's probably the only one that I can kind of come up with. Pat O'Donnell, maybe, but I don't think I could put that in the same conversation. <laughs> There's also some savings there, but. All right, Perry, last final fun question. Let's get uh, out of here. Right. I,
1: I have a few, and I'm trying to decide which one to go with, actually. But I think for funsies, pick one player on offense who you think is going to have the best season, statistical season, and then give us the end of season stat line. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Alex, you want to go or do you want me to go?
2: You got it, buddy.
0: I'm going to also pick chalk here and be very, very lame. Aaron Jones is good. He's always been good. He'll always be good. There's just not a bad version of Aaron Jones out there. I refuse to believe it. I was watching it. Like I said, I was doing my 2022 rewatch, which I don't highly recommend to anyone, by the way. Um, but I was watching him in week two uh, a season, or last year against the Bears. He was so good. And I mean, just so good. And – Like he is going to get, I think he's still going to be running back one. I know Dylan's going to take some of those carries as well, but this is going to be a, you know, I think 1200 yard rusher, four to 500 yards receiving. They're going to lean on him even more because, you know, Jordan love is the quarterback. They're going to really try to set up that running game. I think the offensive line is going to be, massively better with a healthy Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins anchoring that left side. I think Zach, Tom is going to start at right tackle. I think Runyon's going to be good. My only question mark is Josh Myers. This is going to be a, a, a run first, a run first in the extent of what it can be in today's NFL. But I think this is going to be a very Aaron Jones oriented offense. He's just too good. I'll take the, I'll take the easy money with Aaron Jones there. Uh, that one. He gave you What's 1700. Total, I just said right? like okay. I just, what did I say? 1,200 yards yeah, uh, four, rushing, 4,500 four receiving. Yeah. And I'll take, I'll say he gets 13, 14 touchdowns as well. I think I think he's going to be in for a big season. I think you're right.
2: Right. I, I think. And this goes back to the opportunity thing, right? It, it's just like, who do you trust in that offense more than anybody in terms of skill positions? The answer is Aaron Jones. So I, I think you're
0: right, Andy. Hey,
2: I'll go this route uh, 3,700 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, 12. We talked
0: enough about Sean Clifford, Alex. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
2: Uh, But the stat line I just rattled off was Aaron Rodgers' stats from a year ago. Um, And I think that is totally gettable for Jordan Love. Right? We don't know a ton about him. We can all sit here and admit that. But as it stands, as this episode's released on June 27th, I'm sitting here as an optimist. I'm on the love train, as the OJs once famously sang about. I I think 3,700, 26, and 12 is a doable stat line for Jordan Love. Now, the one thing I'm a little bit iffy on is the 26 touchdowns because of the inexperienced receiving group, because I think a- 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 Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, AJ and AJ, I think they'll take away some of those, some of those touchdowns. You know, if they're in the red zone, they're just going to run, run the horses. But I think Aaron Rodgers' stat line from a year ago, which was of course a down year for it, for a first ballot hall of famer is doable for a first time starter in Jordan love. I'm optimistic. I think he can outdo those stats. That's the stat line I'm giving you. And I, I think Jordan love I think one year from now we're going we're going to have our guy. I think so. I'm feeling optimistic on June 27th, Barry. I love
1: this. I love this question. Go me. It is a fun one. Um well, okay, so Aaron Jones to your point, Andy, he only needs I think it's less than 1200 total yards from scrimmage to become fifth all-time
3: okay. um,
1: in in team history in total scrimmage yards. So I'm going for a big season for him. I mean, he's done that for the last, like, five seasons, I think. Um, And that's passing and rushing. So, like, easy money. Um, I don't know. I think Christian Watson probably is wide receiver one. I mean, as a rookie, he had 611 yards, seven touchdowns. That's, like, not a terrible stat line, I feel like, for a rookie wide receiver. Um, (laughs) I'm saying double it for this. Oh, that's spicy. I like that. Yeah.
0: Double I it. did. A, I actually did the wrong calculation. Cause I looked at his numbers wrong originally when I did an episode earlier, but um, it was still crazy where if you look at how many like pass snaps, like the top receivers had last year, like your Justin Jefferson's like your Tyree kills, etc., Like Watson was not on the field for very many passing downs a season ago at all. If you like, Put that just his last year's numbers. If you would, you know, put that into what like Justin Jefferson had as a wide receiver and how many snaps he got as a like on passing downs, like it goes through the roof with what Watson would have been at as a rookie a season ago. So, um, there's, there's a lot there for Christian Watson. I'm, I'm very, very bullish and excited about his possibilities as well, depending on what Jordan Love does, obviously. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the yeah, that, the yeah. Unique dude, we're like. You can get it. We saw last year. Love threw what an eight-yard pass to him. And while it's like, I'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about that. Right. You, you, you I'm telling
1: speed, yard he's gonna have so many yards after the catch at this point. It's not even it might not even really matter what, what love does with him. And all he needs to do is hit like one or two big, like 65 yard bombs, right? And and catch them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want that to be their season Their first play. That'd be
0: pretty awesome. Get you know Kyler Gordon to to you know bump or uh, you know, bite on a, a pump and go and just wow touchdown, run it back. If he drops it though, I'm just we're just we're done. We're, we're done here. Twenty twenty four runs. twenty four. Gonna get the
2: Devonte Adams year two treatment. If he drops that again,
0: as long as he gets the Devontae Adams year three, four, five, six, Absolutely. seven treatment from there on out, I'll take it. That's exactly what I'm uh, saying. Guys, this is absolutely amazing. This is really fun. We should do these more often because they're always a joy to do. Perry, where can we find all of your work and where can we follow you on socials?
1: Um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, you can find me normally on Pax What She Said with Maggie Loney. Uh, weekly episodes until the season starts, then you will get two a week. Um, follow us at PWSS Podcast on Twitter Um, I'm about to go on vacation, actually. So Maggie is going to have either some fun guests or is going to be riding solo for the next two weeks. Um, So look out for those, because I don't even know what she has planned.
0: (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Can't wait. Alex?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore strofe uh s-t-r-o-u-f you can find a lot of my work at espn madison if you're in the madison area on 100.5 fm tuesday night when this comes out i'll be hanging out with chris or former badgers linebacker and just wrapped up a stint in the usfl with the new jersey generals we'll talk about that experience as well as uh i've got a lot of packers questions for him like we just ran through so we'll do that six to seven tuesday night on espn madison on the great Dane huddle
0: and you can follow me at Andy Herman on no, not underscore. No underscore, <laughs> no underscores. No underscores. You can follow the podcast at packet a podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you have not already always appreciate that. I will be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. So check that out. But until next time, and as always go pack out.